<laughs> Third time's the charm, right? I have uh, started this recording. This will be the third time now. I only got about uh, 40 seconds into the first one and maybe 15 or 20 into the second one before I just felt like a uh, stumble. It's like, you know, false start. Uh, flag on the play! <laughs> So this one, I don't know, maybe I'll keep it regardless of how fumbly I get because I'm tired of deleting things and starting over. Um, we're just going to have to work with the mess at this point. So hello again. Hello. This is Hannah Smith LaFriends, a.k.a. Roadside Shaman on Instagram. I'm uh, hopefully turning this into another fireside chat for our little cohort at Open Lines Radio the family of audio zines and netcasts that um, Mark and Holly Hammerschmidt have pulled together. Um, I'm very proud to be in their number. I'm very thankful for the um, community of creatives that he's gathered. They've gathered. It's been like a real networking uh, process, the way that people have um, linked up their circles, sort of like a overlapping Venn diagram of woo-woo and doubt and faith commingled, you know, mystics and futurists and simulation advocates and uh, flat earthers even. <laughs> There's all type and kind of uh, beliefs and unbeliefs that are being bandied about on this little network. It's a very diverse channel, I'll say. Very diverse. Full spectrum. Full rainbow uh, flavors of thought, debate, consciousness. It's very interesting. Like I said, I'm very happy to be part of that group. And um, my contributions have been sporadic of late. Um, mostly just because my processing has been through other portals, through other media. Um, I've had a real tough time with English lately, especially writing things down um, and uh, verbally processing them orally. Like, it's been a hard thing the past few months I've just really been struggling with my English um, and that's okay because English fucking sucks as a spiritual language in my humble opinion I think that English to try to speak anything in integrity with my own personal beliefs is becoming more and more difficult I just feel like the words have so much um, attachment to that to like ideas and concepts and energies that I just don't even want to, they just feel just contaminated, for lack of a better word. So much of English feels contaminated, false, um, sullied somehow. I don't know how else to describe it. I just feel dirty using English a lot of the time, even when I'm not using, quote, filthy language, which I do use a lot of. I love a good expletive. Um, so... At any rate, I've been struggling with the English, so that makes uh, creating an audio journal a little bit 
difficult, cumbersome, laborious, awkward, less likely to happen. And so it didn't. It was happening a lot less often, a lot less frequently because of those reasons primarily. Um, general seasonal slowdown from winter, like, you know, all of my creative output went down for a while because of just, you know, seasonal. But uh, in particular, the reduction in my creation that was specifically this podcasting, I think that that had to do with my issues with English. I'm having a war with my native tongue at the moment because I wished it weren't. I wish English were not my native tongue. I'm grieving the loss of my indigenous tongue. I'm grieving the loss of Chickasaw. Um, we, you know, we have maybe 70 fluent speakers at this point. We have maybe a thousand conversational um, and it's, you know, on the brink of extinction. It's like we're actively working to recover and resurrect this language. Um, and it is a work. It's a labor. You know, my grandfather, before he fled Oklahoma, well, they had just recently passed legislation that made it illegal for parents to teach their children in their native tongue, made it illegal to speak it in schools they said you know that was when they started removing people to boarding schools and you know they did that purposefully because when parents stop teaching their children a language that's when the language dies so yeah I mean I've I've known for a long time how important language retention is and how important teaching languages to young children is and I've wanted my child to have access to more language instruction um, even when they were very very young um, there was a uh, there was a Spanish English immer immersion program and then there was a Mandarin English program and I was really hopeful of getting them into the um, involved in learning Mandarin because um, my child was very uh, musical and very uh, had a strong oral memory like oral like A-U-R like in other words he'd hear it and then be able to say it back that's what that's the gifted part of echolalia echolalia you know that whole parrot mimic I can be a macaw I can copy the accent I can copy the movie script exactly word for word tone for tone so that thing that is somewhat of a you can hear him scripting along with a movie in the background right now, probably. I think he was watching Lilo and Stitch the last time I checked. Um, this is, hey, spring break, guys. So podcasting during spring break means that we get Truman in the background. So, you know, enjoy that. Just be assured he's fine. He's not injured. If he was going to be injured, it would have been yesterday. I was so fucking pissed at him yesterday, you guys. I, I, I was, I was so mad. He cut his own hair. I know it shouldn't be a big deal. He's a seventh grader, you know, 13 teenagers. Like they do that. They cut their own hair. I did it when I, I remember, I, I too subjected myself to a bad haircut when I was that age. So, like, I get it, circle of life or whatever, but fucking, oh, my God, you guys, you guys, like, three years of growth, I'm talking, just hacked it. He has really long, beautiful, 
just thick, shiny, luxurious, glorious hair that is really hard to manage if it's not long and straight. If there's any like texture or layers or, or, you know, unevenness, it shows up really well. Like you can see the jagged bits, like it's just, he fucking, you guys, oh my God, just 10 minutes of inattention cost me a year of hard labor at least until it grows out to an easy point again where I can just tie it back with a ponytail because right now it takes like multiple rubber bands and lots of combing and slicking and like and it falls out after a few minutes and he looks a mess and I mean (laughs) yesterday when I first put it up and I couldn't even get it back pulled back I had it split in two sides so I had two ponytails he looked like Vera like Vera DeMilo do you remember that Jim Carrey character from In Living Color like the female body builder workout video but it's Jim Carrey in a string bikini and he puts his short hair into like these terrible little two ponytails and it's like that's basically the hairdo that I gave Truman yesterday or that he gave himself and I tried to fix I don't know what it, it just you guys this child and his hair it's like a journey we're on together like this hair bonding grooming ritual that we engage in together I I don't know man and he's upset he's upset that it's cut he's upset that it's gone he's like I want to braid I'm like I can't braid hair that isn't there dude he's like I don't want it short I'm like well you know that's the funny thing about hair once you cut it off you can't glue it back on you know like it just doesn't work that way so yeah that happened I was so pissed, you guys. So pissed. And so sad. I cried. Oh, my God. His hair is so pretty. Why did he do that? We just kept saying, why? Why? And he had no answer. It took, like, probably eight or ten hours of, like, downtime before I went back and, like, he was calm and I asked him again and, like, more questions, like, a little bit more follow through feedback and eventually he said it was stuck in the bushes so I don't know what bushes his hair was stuck in in the 10 minutes between us snuggling together and then him coming back in from the other room 10 minutes later with looking like Edward Scissorhands had caught him you know in a flyby It, it literally was like 10 minutes you guys 10 minutes He's here with me snuggling. I'm stroking his beautiful long hair, having a nice little Sunday snuggle. And then he takes off, I think, to go to the bathroom or go watch a movie or play or whatever, you know, because he does that. He dips in and out. He comes and finds me or he, he grabs me from the kitchen and says, let's go snuggle, you know, and I'm like, I'm in the middle of something. And then I put it down and I go and I sit down with him or I lay down with him on the couch or the bed and we snuggle for a few minutes and he gets recharged and then he's like, okay, fuck off, lady. I'm going to go play. Right. And he doesn't say fuck off lady, but the attitude is like, I got my snuggle. Now we're done. Like, bye. So like, that's what happened yesterday. Regular, typical snuggle. And then bye. But like when he came back 10 minutes later to ask for a quesadilla or something, his hair was like, I just, 
I have no words for like the length Yo, differences in tokens. What you doing, dude? Hi, Ma. Hi. On a snuggle? Yeah. See, look. Do I lie? Do I speak the truth? I only speak the truth. I'm like John fucking Leguizamo oh, in yeah. Moulin Rouge. We only speak Ma. the truth. We only speak Your the toes. truth. We only speak the Your truth. Your toes. What about my toes? Like, you want to snuggle with my toes? I can't snuggle. Well, you just asked to snuggle. I, I'm being awake. You're being awake. Okay. Your toes, Mom. Yeah. It's so hot. Do you want to talk about your haircut? No haircut. No. Well, you did. You cut your hair yesterday. No. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to say why? But I'm, but we can't. You can't. No. We did can't. you did you want to have short hair like Dad? Yeah. 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 His hair's through a sail. Well, Dad's hair is short. Short through a self. Yeah. Do you want to have short hair like but that? we can't. Well, you can't? Do you want to have a braid? A braid. Do you want to have a ponytail? No, we have a braid. Do you want to have a short haircut? We can't. You can't. So, no. what do you want to do with your hair then? No! What does Truman like for a hair? We can't. You can't? My. Ponytail? Hi, Mom. Hi, babe. I want lunch. Oh, you want lunch. That's well, your toes? that's why you don't want to talk about your hair, probably. That's your toes? All right. Well, maybe we'll pause this discussion until I can come back and finish telling you what your I was going to tell you guys about, which toes. was my language study. Mom, you to sit still so I can look on your toes. Okay, you can sit still. No, I sit still so you can look on my toes. Is that what you Mom, said? No, you sit still so I can do the toes. Toprick. Toprick. Okay. We don't we, so if we we sit still so I can do the toe prick. Okay. I'll sit still so you can do the toe prick. Will you please sit still, please? I'm sitting very still. So you sit still so I can do this. Thank you. You sit still so I can do this toe. Okay. Will you please sit still, please? I'm sitting still. Okay. Mom, it's watching Hercules. All right. Hey, listen to me. What do you want to have for lunch? I, I want sandwich. How about peanut butter and jelly? I don't like jelly. Okay, how about peanut butter? Peanut butter. Would you like to make your own sandwich? I don't like the jelly. Okay. But I like to make a peanut butter. I think that that's a great idea. I have to put my lip stuff. If you, oh, I have yes. to put my lip stuff. Yes, do put lip stuff on, definitely. Okay, I may have hacked the system. My child can self-prepare certain foods at this stage. And so, maybe I won't have to pause for station identification. Maybe I can just roll on through. Let's try. Okay, if he comes in squawking again, I might have to pause. But this is what I want to talk about. The language. The language. I have had a rough time with it. And so um, I started uh, studying Chickasaw more diligently. I mean, it's been a very passionate study of mine, but it's been very chaotic. There's been no structure. There's been no um, order to my study. It's just, it's been something that's like, um, I get very curious about certain concepts and, or certain history, you know, in our culture and and so I try to learn the words or, or the names of those characters or figures or structures. And over time, 
I've sort of built out my vocabulary um, of Chickasaw words, but what I don't really have is any sort of like fluent ability to decode the words or to um, certainly work within the grammatic structure. And given that it's an agglutinative language, in other words, it's like um, it, it picks up bits of, of meaning like, like, like a snowball rolling down the hill. Um, it, it's sort of like the, the words kind of have a lot of, um, uh, affix, affixes, like affix, prefix, suffix, cir, cir, the, what is it called? Inter, whatever, the one that goes in the middle. Anyways, so these words, um, have a way of just turning into these long multisyllabic jumbles of, uh, nuances of meaning, you know, things like tense and relationship and quality and degree. Um, and it feels like, at least at this point in my study, it feels like they have a greater degree of nuance in their language, um, and Chickasaw does, um, in how verbs are described or defined or clarified than there is for nouns. So it's almost like they're more concerned with what's happening than what it's what is happening to or what what's being done or doing than who is doing or having it done, if that makes sense. It's, it feels like they shape via the language of the verb form, which totally makes sense from a cultural standpoint, knowing what an active nomadic um, uh, action oriented people, the Chickasaws were in their formulation, um, and have always been very, uh, forward thinking, adaptive. Um, I mean, for an, you know, we as, you know, broader culture, uh, you know, American culture, Western culture, uh, we tend to think of ancient uh, um, indigenous people as wanting things to remain the same or keep things, you know, the same. And that's just such bullshit. There's no other way to describe it other than to say that's bullshit. Every people group works to innovate and evolve and grow and survive and thrive. And ancient cultures on this continent, there's evidence of that. Too. It's just that, you know, unlike Western culture where the ancient uh, um, sort of through line of development is tracked, modulated, retconned, supported, you know, to sort of highlight the story that they want to tell, the other cultures, the diverse other cultures of groups that are not in current power, that are not having current or, or throughout the, you know, recent history did not have power, their stories all got bulldozed, you know, sandblasted, whitewashed, burned to the ground. And only things that get recovered or saved are the things that the broader culture, the people in power want to save and highlight. So, yeah, to say that they weren't adaptive or they weren't innovative that they wanted to keep things exactly the same that's just bullshit 
they, like any other group, kept what was valuable in their systems, social, cultural, you know, educational. They kept what was working, what was helping people thrive, and they grew out of or outgrew what was not helping their people thrive. It's still that way to this day. It is still that way to this day. I look around the diversity of Chickasaw Nation and its citizenry, and I am awestruck with the boldness that we are crafting our future. I, I'm proud to be one of their cohort. And the more I learn about us, the more inspired I become. And it is a rich cultural history that we were robbed of, you know. I personally was robbed of because of, you know, displacement, primarily, chiefly. And so I've been really, really, really processing all of that and trying to find ways to reconnect. And I have really reconnected in some very comforting and soothing ways, digitally, virtually, uh, energetically, cosmically, and in IRL, in real life, whatever the fuck that means, but like body to body, person to person, meat sack to meat sack, like, you know, microbiome to microbiome in the flesh. So I'm feeling connected. I'm feeling this recovery happening. And I'm feeling these little seeds of Chickasaw language concepts really starting to knit together in a crystallized way. It's very organic. It feels like mycelium weaving in my mind. I'm starting to think in Chickasaw concepts because I finally have Chickasaw language to build that in my mind because I do believe in nonverbal consciousness. I do believe in the validity of nonverbal thought, of nonverbal cognition. I believe in that. I know a lot of people don't believe that you can have a thought that isn't attached to a verbal label. I don't believe that. I believe, it's my personal belief, that cognition can happen outside of language. It, it must. It surely does because I feel it. I, I, I think those thoughts. I think nonverbal thoughts all the time. I think nonverbal thoughts all the time. So knowing the power that verbal thoughts and nonverbal thoughts have and how this learning of Chickasaw is kind of crafted in that space between, in the land between my native understanding of what English has taught me and the weird space that English can't infill because there's lots of places that I've tried to speak spiritual truths and I don't have English for it. There just is no proper English for it. I can't make good English about a lot of stuff in the spiritual truth. And so that's where I'm finding a, a wealth of terminology, vocabulary, vernacular that is helping me. Something as simple as the idea that their name for sun and moon is the same word, hashi. It's, it's the idea that bounce light, of course, the moon is named because it's reflecting the sun's light. It's, it's the same word, you know? And yeah, you can alter it somehow, but it's sort of like 
an understanding on a very deep level of what the sun is and what the moon is. And it's not something that has to be explained because the word tells the story. The way these words are built upon each other, it, it tells the story of, of the material universe in a way that I never got from English, at least not directly. And it, it's probably because English is a mongrel tongue. It's a, it's a bastardization of several different systems. Um, and so while it's practical for transmitting certain types of data or information, like I said, like I said, sorry, there was a timer that went off. Uh, there's, there's just a, um, there's just a, an area of nuance that, uh, English does not, uh, allow for. I have a very hard time with English lately. So anyways, <clears throat> this whole thing, this discussion of, um, the, the Chickasaw study is really, it's really about my own personal practice and my own inner work. And what happened was I used the anchor point of my own, uh, morning pages, my daily routine, my, my starting the day with some, uh, annotation, some documentation of some kind. Um, I linked it to the Tarot, as has been the case since I began this real uh, in-depth spiritual practice, personal practice, the anchor point to my day, the way that I got on routine, the way that I got feeling productive and balanced and functional and well and healthy and vital and complete and adult and all those other positive words you want to throw on being a human um, the maturation process included a daily devotional study of tarot. Or tarot. I'm still not sure how you pronounce it correctly because everybody pronounces it differently. So, um, to quote my beloved younger sister Gloria, aka Mojers, the, you hear a word pronounced a certain way, that's how it's pronounced. Because, hey, it was pronounced that way. So, that's how it's pronounced. So, tarot or tarot. Uh, however you like. So I began a daily study and it came in the form of a gifted transmission to say like, you're going to make this deck. Like it was an art project. It was like, God gave me homework. Universe gave me homework. Abba Vanili, Sintalo, Spirit, you know, whoever you want to say gave the directive. It's my higher self, my consciousness. I, me, mine, Hannah Banana chose to give themselves this project. Um, and so I'm starting a, a deck of tarot cards. I'm starting with learning these familiar names, labels, characters. Um, I'm learning the Chickasaw label for the tarot deck. I started with the major arcana cause I was like 22. That feels reasonable, achievable enough variation, uh, that I was, I didn't want to just have to start with a bunch of numbers because I wanted to really expand my understanding of the language first um and uh and i because i didn't i wasn't sure how i was going to divide the minor arcana you know whether it was going to be you know um wands or 
fire, whether it was going to be discs or pentacles or coins, you know what I mean? Or earth, like choosing which of those symbols to translate for those suits. I even at one point thought about choosing maybe um, historical figures or important um, place names for the different individual numbers within the minor arcana. But then I thought like as a teaching tool, the repetition of the numbers might be helpful, especially for other people using the deck and um, or other people just starting to familiarize themselves with Chickasaw. So I just decided novelty maybe wasn't going to be as valuable as repetition in that case. Um, but I am doing something very novel with the court cards. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read from my journal the bit where I made that determination because there's listed the different types of relational words that I want to use. So this was, um, dated back April 2nd. Um, so yeah, like a couple weeks ago, almost the Chickasaw Tarot will use family names or titles for the traditional court cards, but we aren't just using a repeat of the nuclear family, like mother, father, daughter, son. Um, we will expand that to include other familial or even communal relationships like grandmothers and grandfathers, uncles and aunties, friends and neighbors, brothers and sisters, nibblings and siblings, nieces and nephews, lovers and rivals, granddaughters and grandsons, grandchildren and cousins. So these types of relating words are what I want to use for the court cards because I don't think this idea of regal divinity is very appropriate in the power structures for um, Chickasaw. It doesn't align with Chickasaw ideology. So I'm using more familial and communal relational words instead. So the labels for kin and family relationships are not grouped in the same way as we seem to have in English. In English, the relational labels feel like, and then I literally have a sketch because I couldn't make English about it, and the sketch is pointed dots with lines connecting directly between them, kind of like a line grid or something, you know, very crystalline looking. Um, and in Chickasaw, the hey, labels... Ma. Hi, bud. Hey, One, all my food. Oh, you already done? Great job. That was quick. I'm, I'm, I'm still, no, I'm still doing this, so I'll help you in just a minute, okay? Out of here. All right, I'll be with you in just a minute, honey. Yeah. So in, in English, that's what they feel like, very straight, linear, point to point, like point of contact to point of contact and a direct line between. So in Chickasaw, the labels feel like, and then there's another little sketch, and it's sort of like circles all kind of overlapping and expanding out and inter inter overlapping and interweaving or whatever circles right so translating them feels like <laughs> and then there's another sketch and it looks like a bunch of loops going around like if you were just looping your pen loopy doop 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 so what i'm trying to do is find relational words that overlap between english and chickasaw that tie into the energies equivalent in the va various um, major, um, the um, in the minor arcana, the court cards, because they do have energies. They do have characters. You know, the knight 
or the sun or whatever of um, pentacles doesn't have the same energy as the knight of cups or, or um, you know, wands. The, the rank matters, but the arena matters too. So trying to find where those two arenas overlap and the specific language to put with it that's going to be the process of the next couple of months because we are talking about um, 10 plus 4, so 14 um, times 4. That's a lot, dude. That 50, what is that? Is that 54? 56. Is that right? 56. Uh, guys, arithmetic is not my strong suit, let's just say. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I, when I thought about what I was going to record today, what I really wanted to record was a um, description of the major arcana cards that I chose and like why, like what the different words meant. Um, and I was kind of calculating, well, there's 22 cards. If I spend one to two minutes per card, that gets me 22 to 44 minutes of content, which is a good amount for a podcast. But in all my preamble and descriptions of where we are with the language and the thing with the haircut and the thing with Truman coming in, well, we already are at over 30 minutes, and I haven't even started reciting the cards. So maybe I'll save the cards for another day. And maybe I'll just speak generally more about how I got here to where I am, to where I literally have scribed my 22nd major arcana card how did I do 22 days in a row one card a day how did distractible uh wackadoodle disabled whatever label you want to put on the issues that I have like how did I get it done and the answer is by being me unequivocally without apology and I am a person who's teaching myself Chickasaw by designing a tarot deck. That's, that is who I am right now. <laughs> That's who I am. I'm making my own calendar. I'm finally teaching myself the, um, the, um, 13 moon calendar, you know, the cosmic calendar. Uh, it's called like, I think it's called like galactic time or something. But basically, it's like the 13 moon calendar and like their sigils are cool, but they're a little bit to me, the the math is off just a skosh because I feel like it's still too much tied to um, the the broader cultural time that we're in, like in other words, heptads, weeks, seven day weeks. I think we need to get out of that. I feel like that's the rhythm. Months, moons, who gives a shit? Nobody pays attention that long anyway. But the fact that we still do seven-day weeks, I think, fucks with people's system. 
So, yeah, I mean, I'm getting downloads on that. I'm getting alignment on that. I'm getting, like, agreement, clarification, labeling, like, stuff that's been, I mean, seeds that were planted three years ago, four years ago, like, I'm getting fruit on now. Like, it's fucking weird. But I'm rolling with it because it feels amazing to finally be productive. You know, it feels good to be designing. And it feels good to be learning again. It feels good to be studying. I love learning and I always learn. I always study. But to have a focused topic and to make specific progress that's demonstrable, that's a whole other situation. You know, that's just a whole other situation. So... Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is portaled up from door to door. So, of course, it's powerful. Everything's been in flow. So, of course, it's correct. But it's like looking back and seeing the material items and going, yeah, I fucking did that. That was one day. That was another day. That was another day. That was another day. And I didn't cheat. And I didn't flake out. And I didn't have to do any makeup work. You know what I mean? I fucking did it, you guys. I did it. And I don't know why doing things feels so good. Probably just because of how I'm conditioned and how I grew up. But it feels good to accomplish things. It feels good to have something done. I, I love rest. I love relaxation. I love chilling. I love the, like not doing stuff, but my judgment, my criticism over indolence, that's why this fucking works. That's why the tarot is good medicine for me. That's why making myself sit down and do something purposeless is good medicine for me. It inoculates me against capitalism. Okay? It ties it severs ties to my uh, um, attachment to my family of origin and the judgment that they have around my ability to accomplish things I have had the burden of potential since I was uh, not even probably properly toilet trained you know what I mean this mouth has promised so much to so many people me first but everyone else around me, that it's it's not borne out. Like, the mouth gets you so far. You know what I mean? Hyperverbal, hyperlexic. It weaves a web. <laughs> you know, it tells a tale. And a lot of people around me expected a lot of me because of it. So me sitting down and doing nothing on purpose, being silly, being trivial, right? Because let's face it, it's all trivial. Every, on a grand enough scale of time, everything we're doing is trivial. I'm converting uh, oxygen um, from, uh, carb into carbon dioxide. Congratulations. Way to go. You know, microbes work with me and feed off of my carcass while I'm walking around and will do even more so once I collapse. Like, who cares, right? It is all trivial. It is all purposeless. It is all meaningless. But 
in the broader culture, most humans would not affirm spending any time with tarot cards as having any value whatsoever. They're, the gr grand majority feel that way. And while there's also a grand majority who feel the same way about spending any time with the Bible <laughs> or the Quran or the Bhagavad Gita or the simulation theory or, you know, meditation, like pick a modality, the gym, <laughs> watching football, like pick an activity, pick a hobby. There is a group of humans out there who will deem it purposeless. So for me, this is a pretty big sack of purposelessness. And while I personally have developed a great deal of attachment and affinity for the value and purpose behind communing with tarot, I personally find it very healing to interact with this symbology. And I personally find it very grounding and healing. That judgment that still rests there, that tension between is this good for me or bad for me, it's what keeps me coming back. It's what keeps me coming back to my morning pages day after fucking day after fucking day after fucking day. Because I've looked back, man. I checked the logs. I ran the data. Okay? And the Applied Behavioral Analysis Report indicates that this is my daily routine. This is it. This is the anchor point. Engaging with the tarot on a daily basis. That's it. In the morning. Hell or high water. Get it done or wish you did. That's what I've learned. And so what does it matter? If it's like filling out the New York Times crossword puzzle or if it's playing Sudoku or it's going for a run or it's checking the sports scores on um, ESPN or it's praying the novena with your Catholic mass or it's going to Kirtan or you know whatever pick a ritual pick a hobby pick a routine whatever it is to ground on the daily is very healing for the human vessel like we're more than our bodies but we're definitely using bodies right now and if we don't pay attention to how they're used they can get used up pretty quickly so turning myself inward to personal practice my, my, I am closing the door. not available just yet, not yet. so one moment please spring break guys spring break punches a clock I'll tell you what we're in holy week Palm Sunday was yesterday one of my favorite bits of transmutation I actually got from uh, a sister I've been in fellowship with for probably one of the longest periods of my life of any of my uh, spiritual brethren um, or sister in. I always think that's a funny word. Any of my spiritual siblings, I've been in communion with this one, one of the longest. And I was telling them about the, you know, woe was me with the haircut and like how sad I was and how upset and like, you know. And they sent me a couple facepalm emojis. And, uh, you know, we did the whole back and forth. And at the end of the um, exchange, I sent them a picture of a palm leaf that had a little feather caught in a web. It was a beautiful image I had captured in my other friend's temple. 
um, in Juliet. You guys may know her from, honestly, Juliet, the other um, netcast on Open Lines Radio. Um, a picture from her garden of a palm leaf that has holding a feather. And I sent her a picture of a uh, altar with some feathers and some, uh, you know, just sacred imagery. And then I sent her a picture of me with the sun behind me with the big king palm in the background. And it was basically just like a blessing for Palm Sunday because it happened to have been Palm Sunday yesterday. So I was like, you know, um, wave a palm frond for me, you know, ha ha, wink, wink, you know, church jokes. I, uh, as an interfaith person, I got to learn how to make jokes in every religion. <laughs> so I said, wave a palm frond for me. And she sent me back the best response. She took it seriously. She said, I'll exchange this palm for one palm for another. So she sent me the face palm emoji with the palm tree emoji. And I was like, Oh my God, that's it. That's transmutation. That's some deep magic. That's the power of wordcraft right there. And I mean, yeah, she was using emojis, but that dual meaning of palm within the, the English language, like she helped me release some of my, frustration. I felt lighter after that moment. You know, I did. I felt lighter because I exchanged one palm for another. I, you know, passed off that burden in friendship to a friend who will, you know, waft my prayers up to Abba Benili for me on my behalf. So, yeah, we're in Holy Week. Holy moly. So guys, I'm crafting my Novena of Sintolo Lunar Day Count for a 13 moon calendar. It's going to tie in with the galactic calendar because it is a 13 moon calendar. It's just not four weeks. It's three weeks of nine days. Technically eight days with a ninth day of rest or reformation or restoration or feasting, fasting, fuckery, roaming, family, you know, whatever. Basically, it's eight plus one, and then there's a zero-point day resetting uh, every every month. So that brings us, you know, nine times three plus one is 28. So we get our 13 moon calendar with the Novena of Sintalo. Lunar day count. Day one is nothing. Day two is something. Day three is something else. Day four is something else altogether. Day five is everything. Day six is perspective. Day seven is preference. Day eight is agreement. Day nine is void. Day one is for the reformer. Day two is for the helper. Day three is for the achiever. Day four is for the individualist. Day five is for the investigator. Day six is for the loyalist. Day seven is for the enthusiast. Day eight is for the challenger. Day nine is for the peacemaker. Day one is for carbon black. Day two is ultraviolet. Day three is indigo. Day four is oak chamali. Day five is chartreuse. Day six is amber. Day seven is turmeric, day eight is vermilion, and day nine is diamond white. 
And the last day is zero point because, you know, one and done, son, one and done. So it's a three, it's a three unit month that fits into our world. And I think it'll get us into an interesting space where we can leave the nursery of the earth-moon relationship. Really go galactic and start analyzing our relationships with all of the celestial bodies in our solar system. I mean, that is what Sintelo does, is nudges us closer to understanding and union with Abba Vanili. So, yeah. So that's that, guys. The rest of the words, I'm going to save it for recitation another time. I'm going to um, tell you all the different words well you know what i will do is i'll tell you the inspiration you know the thing that actually made me scribe the first scribe write the first card i'm going to shout it out to edgar fabian frias and i'm going to say oh my gosh if you're in the los angeles area drivable if you can drive to los angeles because i don't live in los angeles i drove to get there a couple hours actually go see this show at the vincent price art museum at vpam vincent price art museum there's a show there um, there's installations from him and several other artists, but the one that opened together that I saw on Saturday, I went and saw both piece, both um, exhibits, um, both installations, one by York Chang and one by Edgar Fabian Frias. You guys, you have got to go check it out. They're there till like July something. So be about it. Victor, not Victor, Vincent Price Art Museum. Um, Edgar Fabian Frias. It's called Perpetual Flowering. Totally. Got to check it out. So anyways, they're a deep inspiration, spiritual uh, mentor and uh, collaborator. I work with them. I, I would say on a daily basis, I work with them, commune with them, uh, interact with them, like just totally love their work. Um, so I had been sort of pondering this idea of the Chickasaw Tarot and like it was sort of hearkening at the gate, you know, or that's not, that's not a good sentence. Anyways, whatever. I was hearing s s um, sneaky peaks, sneak peaks, like previews of coming attractions about what this was going to be. But then all of a sudden one day I was like, no, no, it's time to do it. And this is your first card. You have to translate strength. That should be an easy one to find. That'll be an easy word to find. And I was like, well, just, to, but if I find one, what about all the other ones? Cause like, that's the thing that stopped me starting. It was just like the idea that I would get to a single word someday that I couldn't translate. And then it would throw me off my game. And I just had to surrender that. I had to let it go. I had to trust that by the time I got to whatever word I needed to translate, I would learn it. And that is exactly what happened. You guys, it was a total process of ongoing surrender. I kept moving difficult card to the bottom of the stack going not doing that one today not doing that one you know but seeing edgar's tattoo of the strength card hearing them talk about their connection with the strength card um that was the proverbial camel that broke the camel's back i mean the camel 
That was the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. Do you hear what trouble I'm having with English lately? Do you hear it? I am struggling, y'all. I am struggling with my English. So, Chickasaw, come on board quick. I want to be like Neo, jacked into the Matrix, and it just, like, downloads it into my brain. Like, I really, I really want to learn as quickly as I possibly can, y'all. I really do. So the first card I translated was strength. It was Kilimpi. 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 Kilimpi means strength. And the most recent one, the one I did today, was my theme card, Chariot. I knew I was going to save Chariot for the last card because when I first went looking for it, it wasn't in the dictionary. They don't have a word for chariot in, in the Chickasaw Dictionary that I found. Um, and so, like, I knew I was going to have to do some work to find another equivalent. Um, so I put it towards the end because chariot is my card. It's my theme card. It's the card that uh, I've been resonating with since I picked up the deck. Um, yeah, chariot's my card. So the fact that I got it today... And I got it in a lot of other forms, too, like from other sources, other people, other readers. It's just total confirmation. So chariot, um, the, the meaning is basically it's a version of a wagon, you know. It's like a version of their phrase for wagon, Wheel, wheeled machine, like a big wheeled machine, basically, I think, is a great wheeled machine. It's hard to – the constituent parts – it's hard to parse them apart. It's more like how the parts relate to one another. Um, yeah. So like, anyway, so itichana ishto is the chariot. Itichana ishto. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at, you guys, from a transparency standpoint, checking in. I've been struggling with English, haven't been podcasting a lot, haven't been writing much at all but I have been doing this project of daily practice of translation and study and scribing one card a day for over three weeks now right so I feel really fucking proud of that right now and I feel really accomplished and I feel really good I feel good about where we're going as a collective I feel good about where I'm going personally I feel good about where I'm going with my family with my friend units with my um creative collaborators with my just beings that I am in relationship with I just feel like we are all leveling up collectively and it just feels incredible so yeah I think I'm going to call it at that because we're golly Moses 54 54 of course that's 99 and that's just fine time to be done go check on my son I love you guys so much, all of y'all, my pals, my dudes, my homies. I love y'all. I say Chihololi means I love you in Chickasaw. Chihololi, 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 Chihololi. And I say Chukma, Chipisolacho, which means hello, I will see you as the Chickasaw have no word for goodbye.